makes the greats great? What makes the successful successful? What makes the brilliant brilliant? Our Tuesday meetups with the celebrities of pharma industry and science are your one-stop shop to all these answers and more. Join us for Pies of Life, an initiative of the Biopatrika Industry Mentorship Program, where we bring your dream mentors to you. Fun fact, okay. So um, I love reading uh, Ranath Ranath uh, novels, story books. I am a very fond of poetry, and I love dancing. So I am a trained uh, Kathak dancer, and uh, yeah, I I love dancing. That's an escape for me. Mm, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, uh, Akshay, we'll take a few minutes. Hi. And... Yeah, sure. Hi, uh, I'm Akshay Ravindranath. Uh, I'm a biotech professional as well. I've done my masters in biotechnology. Uh, I've worked in uh, Australia in a company developing DDRNAi silencing therapies. I've also worked in Bangalore in uh, Biocon, where I did a lot of upstream process development. And I'm currently in Canada, uh, looking out for opportunities here. Uh, my interests are. Um, I have an artistic side where I do some painting, I do some clay modeling. I enjoy going for treks, uh, enjoy cycling, um, and enjoy jogging. Wonderful. Akshay, you are a true renaissance man. <laughs> yeah, art Renaissance. and science, right? <laughs> yeah. And which part of Canada are you in at the moment? I'm currently in Toronto. Oh, in Toronto. Beautiful yeah. city, India. Yeah. Oh, it's Surika, beautiful, yeah. Surika, you want to go ahead? Hi, I'm Suryaka. Um, I'm currently working in uh, Bangalore at Biocon as well. So to tell you a little bit about me, I've grown up outside India for like my entire life. I came to India for my undergraduate, uh, then did my master's in the US and the UK. And uh, now I'm back in India working here. I'm also in the biotech profession. Uh, profession. So a fun fact about me is right now I'm currently involved in public speaking. So I'm a, uh, I'm a very active member of Toastmasters International. So yeah, I'm just participating in those events at the moment. Well, she's modest. Fantastic. Um, tell her, tell them the real thing. Where are you up to? <laughs> so uh, we have a we have a, a contest of Toastmasters um, International every year. So this year in the international category, in the area, I've uh, come first in the area level. So now I have like seven, wow. uh, like three, four more levels to go up till the international and I'm hoping to get there. So I That's keep fantastic. asking Narayan, sir, for a lot of feedback and advice. I think it's all your work. Okay, we'll do one more and then the others can introduce themselves when they ask questions. So Ketan, why don't you go ahead and then the others can introduce themselves when they ask the question. Yeah, hi. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you. Uh, Koshik sir, uh, myself uh, Ketan and uh, I am an analytical research uh, associate and I have around five years of experience uh, in biotech industry and I am currently working in Lupin R&D, uh, Pune and uh, I love to do community service and I am very eager to uh, see the magic from you. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Ketan, please call me Kaushik and no sir is required, please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Thanks. So, so Kaushik, um, just just so that we can get some things rolling, maybe you can tell a little bit about your background, and then when other people ask questions, they can introduce themselves. And you can always feel free All to right. ask any question to anyone. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, briefly, I have a physics, computer science kind of a background. Uh, I was always interested in some other stuff other than uh, what I have been, you know, formally trained for. Uh, but my training actually took me to uh, work for Microsoft Corporation for about almost 20 years, mostly in Seattle, uh, so in, in the Pacific Northwest in, uh, in Washington State. Uh, after living there for about 15 years, I decided to come back to India. Uh, but before that, in, in Microsoft, I've had like uh, several different roles, mainly uh, worked as a developer a little bit for some time as an architect and then as a technology evangelist for uh, Microsoft products. Uh, so I uh, decided to come back to India in about 2015, uh, sorry, 2010. And then another uh, for five years or so, I worked for Microsoft in the Asia Pacific area and uh, traveled uh, a lot uh, for work and for uh, passion as well. And then I quit, decided to leave Microsoft and um, and then I started a, a, a startup in uh, the machine learning space, in the machine learning sort of uh, research focus space, uh, then ran it for some time, uh, also worked as an entrepreneur in residence uh, for a, a financial infotech kind of a company, and then uh, started, decided to start another startup with uh, two of my friends. So currently since 2018, I helped run a startup called Onometra uh, Technologies. And we mainly do custom development work um, in healthcare and in uh, supply chain, and also uh, do some research focus, research as a service kind of, a, kind of work for uh, developing learning systems, mainly in uh, digital therapeutics and healthcare. So that's what I do professionally. And uh, I also work as a professional magician, mainly in the corporate sector, and uh, do some uh, workshops. I uh, love singing, uh, love reading, uh, write a little bit, mainly travel writing. And also I'm a serious, or have been so before COVID and you know, uh, a little bit before that, I've been a serious overland traveler. So had done like really long road trips uh, across uh, Asia, across Europe and in Africa. Also the uh, North American and the, uh, the Isthmus, the Central Isthmus the, uh, up to the South American continent have never stepped into South America as yet. But uh, so that's, I think I'll stop, stop here. So that's about me. Yeah. Um, so in order to uh, enable the question and answer, Mm, what can I, what uh, I think let, let's see if there are any open-ended questions first and then we'll focus the questions to put in a particular direction and if you haven't introduced yourself introduce and then you can ask a question go ahead anyone yeah um so at some point you said at microsoft you were a technology even even angel sorry i i Put it a pronunciation. What, what does that entail? That sounds very interesting. It's Akshay, isn't it? Yes. Akshay. Akshay. 
uh, Akshay, basically, you know, so I work in the core Windows group, which is the sort of the operating system that used to be the cash cow of Microsoft. And there is a whole set of hardware uh, industry which works has to work with Windows. You know, for example, if I'm a printer manufacturer or uh, let's say I uh, manufacture CD-ROM drives or, uh, you know, USB keys, whatever it is, uh, they need to work seamlessly with the Microsoft OS, right? So one, uh, for example, one uh, advantage that Microsoft has is that it has an open ecosystem. It's not like Apple, where uh, you have to have only certain things that work with the uh, with the OS. And if you buy something from a third party, it may or may not work with an Apple computer, for example, which which is a double-edged sword. The good part is that you, if if it does work, then it works very very uh, reliably, right? But it may not also work. So which means that you're in a closed ecosystem. You have to buy the hardware that actually works with Apple. With Windows, it's different. It's an open ecosystem where if I'm buying something, I automatically expect it to work seamlessly with Windows. If it does not, then who do you think gets the flack? It's not the hardware manufacturer. It is Microsoft who gets the flack saying, oh, you guys again have come up with something that doesn't work or something like that. So, but the, but the real fact is that it takes a lot more behind the curtain to make it happen. Because these hardware manufacturers, they need to work lockstep with Microsoft for about six months to a year in advance before a new uh, version of the OS is released. So that essentially entails a lot of sensitization and education and engineering knowledge transfer to this kind of a uh, hardware ecosystem to make them ready for the new OS. So this is where the technology evangelism kind of comes in, where you go and you work with mainly engineering teams of like the director of engineering or the VP of engineering with a specific company, like say Sony or Toshiba or HP or Dell, these OEMs, original equipment manufacturers, who, who now know what kind of changes you are coming up with, what they need to do, how they need to prepare themselves for those changes so that their hardware works seamlessly. So this was sort of what I was, it's a lot of ecosystem development, let's say. Hmm. That sounds very interesting. Hmm. Any? Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Any other question? Uh, keep keep asking questions. Uh, hello, sir. I'm Shalaka. I'm doing uh, my PhD from Tata Memorial Center, which is in Navi, Mumbai. So uh, I, I think there must be some interesting story why you started with magic. So I want to hear that story. Shalaka, you are, you are a tricky one. You actually drive right at the heart of the matter, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, have, you, have you read this book called Heart of Darkness? No. No, okay. It's all right. Uh, anyway, so uh, in short, the story is that, uh, and I think Naveen knows this already, I have an uncle who used to be a big Naxalite guy, you know, a scientist, but used to be a Naxalite guy, used to live in Mumbai while my family was based out of Kolkata. They used to come, uh, and I mean, she, he used to come, and he was a magician, an amateur magician, but always doing close-up magic. I don't know if you've seen any magic before, but many a times, as soon as, especially us Indians, as soon as we think of magic, the first name that comes to mind is sort of the first family of magic, which is PC Sorkar. And it's the stage magic where the magician is up on stage. 
has a nice you know costume and five dancing girls behind them and big illusions happen but there is a whole different branch of magic which is much more up close and personal which is called close up so he used to be a close up magician and amateur for sure but he used to come to our home and then he used to do these magic tricks and i was a little boy maybe 10 11 years old and i was fascinated about it but i did not have the nerve to actually uh, tell him that i i was taken in by it um he but what he used to do is he used to come to kolkata and he used to keep his suitcase in our in my grandfather's house in his room and then he used to go out in the morning to meet his friends etc and i used to sneak into his room and then rummage through his suitcase and then you know trying to see all that you know he was doing and go through all his magic tricks and then keep it exactly as it was before he came back so this was going on nobody was the wiser one of these such evenings he was showing these magic tricks to the rest of the family my parents were there my un- other uncle and aunts were there my grandparents were there etc and he was performing something and then uh, an- another aunt of mine was next to me and she exclaimed i wonder how sumit does this you know kind of a thing she said something to the effect and i used to keep my mouth shut but i don't know what happened that day i blurted out but kaki i know how he does it you know because that morning i had you know already gone through his suitcase to see exactly how he was doing all that stuff and i don't know shalaka he heard it from the other side of the room and then looked at me and just blasted me he said of course you do don't you know that i know that whenever i go out you go through my suitcase you know and don't you don't you know that i know this already and blah, blah. and he was really upset and i felt horrible about it i felt like a little cheat you know so i cried and i went up to my room next morning actually he i think he was feeling a uh, uh, very bad about it or whatever so he came to my room and he said look little boy uh, you want to know how this is done right so i you know kind of said yes so he uh, he took a coin and shalaka i'll just show you what he showed me he took a coin and he uh showed me the coin and he said that look i will teach you one thing one thing which is how to vanish a coin okay and this is a move called the french drop or le tourniquet vanish it's a you know sort of a french term for uh, a parlance for this particular move he said i'll show you what is a french drop and if you practice then i'll come back and i'll show you something else but you must there's a you know sort of a right of passage to this knowledge domain you must prove yourself by doing it diligently so this is what he showed me and i'll i'll, I'll tell you what is the first magic trick i've ever learned which is looks like this and this is not to fool you just to show you show you how it looks okay so you take a coin and you show people the coin and you take it in this hand and then you vanish did you see it go right it just really vanished yeah and it vanished from this hand now i can what i can do is if there's a little kid i will just take the coin out of that kid it's uh, his ear and throw it in in my hand and it comes right back right so this is what he showed me and this was the first magic trick i really practiced and performed and then i next time he came back i showed him this magic trick he was kind of happy he said that okay i'll show you a little bit more and he showed me a few other things and then when i was 14 he took me by my hand to visit a magic store which is probably the best magic store in india which is in kolkata run by a parsi guy named sangbalal uh, and then he introduced me and told everybody that hey this is my nephew he will come from now on to your magic store help him out and uh, and then there's a little bit more to the story 
which is I then I started buying all kinds of crap because I thought that magic was about buying uh, instruments or equipment, but that was not the case. At 16, there was a guy in that store, Mr. Gautam Guha, who told me that little boy, I, I see that you come here and you waste all your pocket money on buying things, but magic is not about that. It's, it's a knowledge domain. If you really want to be serious about you know, this art form, then you need to get four coins, which are big one rupee coins, get a pack of cards and buy a book called Henry Hayes, A Nature Magician's Handbook. And you flip the first page, stand in front of the mirror and go through exactly what they say, do it 20 times, go to the next page, do that 20 times and you follow on. There is no uh, royal road to this kind of art form. You have to put in the work and only then you get a feel for it. And that really changed my journey, Shalaka. From then on, I never looked back. It always stayed with me. You know? So, <laughs> uh, Any other question? Uh, yeah. Hi. Hi. So you had mentioned you like traveling a lot, right? So I love traveling as well. Unfortunately, I'm not able to right now. So one thing I haven't done is a road trip. And you just mentioned that you've done a lot of them. So can you tell us about one road trip that was the most memorable to you or something? Any any road trip that was interesting? You know, I did a couple. So, uh, I mean, more than a couple. Uh, and this is Madam Shruti. I'm sorry if I remember. I uh, Sureka. 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 Sorry. Uh, Madam Sureka, it's actually... Uh, so I met a gentleman on a boat by chance. He's, a, he's one of my best friends. He happens to be a cranberry farmer from uh, New Brunswick, which is Eastern Canada. Uh, and he, we got, got to be friends because I was wearing a Tintin t-shirt and most people in the United States know, do not know who Tintin is. But he was a French Canadian, right? So he, has a very, he had a very good idea. So anyway, we became friends. Uh, he, he was a serious traveler. I also wanted to travel a fair bit. So we decided to buy a car. Now, this car is a long wheelbase Toyota Land Cruiser, which is which already it was a secondhand car, which already had 200,000 miles on it. It was a, uh, an, an absolutely mechanical car, right? Did not have a single electronic component. Now, uh, I mean, to the extent, I tell you, the, the four-wheel drive, you had to go down, I mean, go get off the car and then actually lock the wheels to engage the four-wheel drive. That kind of an old car, right? But it was this... It never stops kind of a vehicle. So we bought the car in Canada uh, and then we did a Trans-Canadian. So we did that. And then we did a Trans-United States. I mean, from all the way from northeastern part of the United States to the Northwest, then coming down the Pacific coast and then driving all the way to Georgia and then going up and then going back to Canada with the car. And then we shipped the car to Paris. Now, there's a little bit of a, uh, there's a, little bit of a, a trick to, to this. A uh, couple, of, couple of ways a uh, 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 long uh, sort of uh, overland travel happens, which is that you need to buy a, a, a piece of paper called the Carto Grey or the Grey Card or Carnet de Passage. I mean, depending on where you're getting it. So in Eastern Canada, it used to call Carnet de Passage. It is basically a document that you get from a, a motor vehicles where you buy the vehicle. If you get that document, it is it's exactly the value of the document is the blue book value of the car. It is to ensure that if you're doing, if you're taking it from country to country, you don't sell the car in any other country, right? You bring the car back to where you bought it from, and then you give that give, give that 
you know, a piece of paper back to the motor vehicles and they give you the money back. So that's basically what you need. So he bought the car, I bought the Carnegie Passage and we, you know, did half and half. So it's very common among overland travelers to not buy a new car because the blue book value is too high. So it's very common or it makes a lot of sense that you buy an old car and then you put in the work on it. You buy a low blue book value car and then you yourself put in the work. So we actually ship the car to, uh, to a, a village near Paris called Potier to a friend's farm, uh, Jean-Pierre, and then kept the car there for about six months. And then uh, we went back and then worked on the car for about a month and a half, like say four, four five weeks, where we changed the entire back of the car. We put in like beds. We, we put a, a, on top of the car, we had a sort of a rack where we could store some water. Uh, under the bed, we put two drawers that we could bring out, you know, where we could store the groceries on, uh, on both sides. The windows, we had like racks made where we could keep mats and uh, clothes and other stuff. Uh, and then we had a little trampoline that comes out. And then you could, you could have two little poles that you could set up the trampoline very quickly next to the car. Uh, then uh, one of the longer trips uh, we did was we started from north of Belgium. And then we drove through Belgium into France. And then we crisscrossed through France. And then we crossed the Pyrenees mountain into Spain. And then we crisscrossed through Spain and then uh, took the Costa del Sol route through Malaga into uh, Gibraltar. So from Gibraltar, uh, actually a very uh, port, Algeciras, a port close to Gibraltar, we shipped the car on a boat into Morocco. And then we went to Eastern Morocco in Ujda, I mean, the, on the Eastern side of Morocco, did cross crisscrossing the high Atlas mountains to come back, then uh, visited, you know, like Rabat, Casablanca, uh, Layoun, Dakla, and those uh, Er Rashidia, those Moroccan cities, then came down through uh, the, what is called the, the Western Sahara, which used to be the Occidental Sahara at one point, which is a very dangerous part of the world still now. I mean, there were, there was 50 kilometers where we had to wait at the border for three days because you, unless there are four cars that come together, they're not going to give you a convoy, a leader car that will take you through that area because that area, 50 kilometers between Morocco and Mauritania is still a no man's land. And you go through a quintessential African black market where on both sides of this little dirt track, you see these carcasses of blown up cars because there are it's strewn of uncharted landmines in that in that area because it has a very complicated history with a uh, rebel group called Polisario, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, you go through and there is no police, no nothing. So unless you have a, a three-car convoy, they don't give you a lead car. So you you're stuck there for as long as you have to wait, right? So we drove that part and went into Mauritania, and then from Mauritania went to Mali, Mali into Senegal then uh, to Gambia, then to Burkina Faso, uh, then to Guinea-Bissau, Guinea-Conakry, all the way to Cameroon. So that was one long road trip that I did with the car. I also did uh, Central America uh, with that car. Uh, the idea How long was did this to, trip take you? This, you know, you can do it very, very quickly, but we decided to take it very slowly and really enjoy, you know, every day, not drive too much. We had some like rule of thumb, like we're not going to drive more than five hours a day, never at night. You know, those were kind of things that we already agreed. Uh, it took us about three and a half months. Three and a half months. So every day sleeping, but I, 
I mean, sleeping in the car or sleeping in the tent right outside the car, right? And it was, but I tell you, it sounds more adventurous than it actually is. I mean, you, you know, you drive, you uh, take some time out in the uh, middle of the day, you eat a little bit, uh, you drive again, you stop by three or four in the afternoon, at the most five, while there is still light, you have the tarp, tarp you put the carpet out, you, we had a little stove, so you take out the stove, you start, you know, cooking a little bit, uh, open a bottle of wine, which we bought a bunch of, a lot of wine from Bordeaux. So, you know, you open some wine, you go for walks, you meet some local people. If there's a little market or anything nearby, you go and try to source some local, you know, whatever vegetables or food. And then, you know, you sleep early, you enjoy the beautiful sky uh, at night, you sleep early and you get up in the morning by seven, you drink your little cafe au lait, uh, little bit make your little cafe au lait and, you know, you get going for the next day so it, it's not very adventurous to be perfectly honest but <laughs> cool uh, Indu do you have any questions for Kaushik thank you so much thank you for yeah. sharing that hi Kaushik uh, this is Indu Mati uh, I'm working as a consultant in R&D lab function SMG International Limited and having a, uh, around one hour uh, one year industrial experience so I would like to know about your startup business. Uh, so what kind of uh, startup you are doing? And uh, I would like to uh, give uh, give you uh, some uh, give us some tips if we are uh, gonna business to startup. <laughs> wow, Indumati, good good set of questions. Uh, you know there is a lot of stuff that goes on in the company. I will just uh, cover just one part of it at the moment, just to give you an idea. So uh, we work with a company uh, which is a Japanese pharma company. It's like a spin-off of a Japanese pharma company. I'm sure the uh, bio background people will know about it already. It's Takeda, which is one of the bigger pharma companies in Japan. Uh, this is Takeda spin-off. They actually work, for example, in the mental health space, mainly in dementia. So they are trying to develop a, a digital therapeutic solution in the dementia space. Uh, what they're doing is uh, they have seen that if you have a patient with dementia, if you make that person sit in front of a, a, a monitor, let's say, and you show that person a storyboard, and what the, does that storyboard entail? It essentially uh, is an, uh, a sequence of uh, inputs, or uh, it's a sequence of stimuli, let's say, uh, that would incite a reaction or uh, a change in the mood in on that uh, uh, with the person in, with dementia. And that is apparently, and I am not a healthcare professional, so I don't know the, the medical side of things, but uh, having a change in mood and this engagement actually helps in keeping the mind fresh and slowing down the pro pro progression of this kind of a disease. So what they show is a, a mix of uh, some video, some audio, some uh, some songs, you know, some photographs of the person's own perhaps life or uh, their history. Uh, they also target two other vectors, which are one is the olfactory. So they have a, a olfactory set of cartridges which can be fired through an IoT mechanism and you know an Internet of Things kind of a mechanism through the internet, where you know, for example, if you are seeing a, a field of tulips, you get this the tulip smell wafting in, you know, your, to your nostrils. So making it more real. So they 
uh, trap that vector also. And the fourth vector they're uh, trapping is they have a glove in which you pick your hands and uh, they have like a little uh, mechanical device where you can, if you're seeing, for example, if you're seeing on the screen, the photograph of your dog, then you can actually pet the dog or get a feeling of your petting your, you know, your pet, you know, that kind of a. So this four vector stimulation framework is what they're trying out. So now the question is that how do you make a storyboard, you know, uh, that engages the person and brings out not necessarily positive reactions, but a mix of negative and positive reactions. You know, crying uh, or having a sense of sadness is also a very good thing for a PWD, a patient with dementia. So what we are doing is, and then the question is, how do you measure the engagement? So when you are showing, so right now what happens is when the person with dementia sits in front of such a system, then the storyboard is handcrafted by the person who is actually uh, controlling this experiment, right? The, uh, the moderator or the person setting up the experiment, they handcraft the sequence of stimuli that the, the PWD will see or experience. Now, once that is done, then the PWD goes through that sequence. And then what we do is we actually have a framework called, we develop a framework called ARDF, which is the Automatic Reaction Detection Framework. So we detect micro expressions, we detect, uh, we do eye tracking, we do postural uh, feedback, and we get an idea of the engagement level for each and in each individual stimuli. So as the, you know, uh, the visual shifts from a photograph of himself over to a, a song that that was very popular during his college days to uh, something else. We can decide on if the person is looking away, if the person is moving towards the screen, moving back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We kind of figure out the level of engagement. What we do is we take this data and we flow it back into an online learning loop, which is called reinforcement learning in a sort of a semi-supervised online learning loop uh, with an artificial neural network set up. And then we try to figure out what is the, I mean, the make the ANN, the artificial neural network learn, what could be uh, the best pathway of engagement for this PWD. So what happens finally in such a system is that like the, there was this person who was handcrafting this story for this person with dementia does not need to be present anymore. So the goal is that when in the morning the person with dementia comes and sits in front of the system, then the system automatically will create the story storyboard every day, a fresh storyboard uh, based on the learning that, that, that has already been uh, into the system uh, to help uh, craft this experience set of experiences for the person with dementia. So this is sort of what we are building or uh, sort of we, we, are, we are building at the moment. Uh, I don't know if this answered your question or at and, all. And, and I, guess, just, I, I guess advice for them to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. It's quite interesting, so thanks for sharing. Of course. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of advice, man. I just know that, you know, I used to work for a company like Microsoft where everything was given and everything was, 
you know, every website was within your reach, everybody, everything had a process, etc. In a startup environment, there is nothing. And I, right now, I am the guy who brings the coffee. I mean, when there was an office at the moment, we are all working from home. I'm the guy who brings the coffee. And the, if I'm the CEO or the whatever CXO, I'm also the guy who opens the door for people. I'm also the guy who will do whatever it takes for uh, us to be a happy bunch of people, you know, I mean, happy, productive bunch of people. So there is no, no rules. I can tell you, if you have an ego, if you have like a very set idea of this is what I do, and this is whatever else this is, is beneath me or anything of the sort, don't start a startup because it's, it doesn't happen that way. It just, everybody has to do everything and you can't complain about stuff. I mean, that's just how it is. So I, I wish I had a better answer for you in this, you know, but. Yeah. yeah, sir. Yeah, sir. Got it. Thank you. A anyone? I, um, yeah. I have a question. Go ahead, Ketan. Yeah. How did the idea for your business come about? What was that reason made you to switch from Microsoft and go through this such a very interesting and different uh, startup? Ketan, I am not a very good person to ask this question. I didn't have any grand plan. You know, people quit their companies because they want to be CEOs or they want to start a startup or they have some life-changing thing to change the society. I don't know. I had nothing, to be perfectly honest. I mean, at one point of time in Microsoft, I uh, uh, they wanted me to move to Singapore and do some other stuff. I came back, you know, I, I attended the meeting. I came back home. I was... Uh, going through a presentation in Microsoft that I, on my laptop, I was in, on this bed, just like sleeping and going through the presentation. And then at one point of time, there was this moment, I will always remember, there was this one moment where I felt, okay, they were talking about, oh, Microsoft will be so much more successful if you change this hardware and do this string BIOS injection of this string, blah, blah, blah. I was reading this and then I asked myself, does it matter to me? I mean, does this at all make a bloody difference to me. And then my, from the gut, my answer was no. And I was, you know, early forties, but I thought, do I, I mean, it's, it's really tempting to have a nice fat salary check and keep on doing this for the next 15 years also, because they're not going to kick me out. You know, it's like, a, oh, whatever. They're not going to kick me out really. So then I thought that, Hey man, I, I really don't want to do this anymore because I, I can keep doing this, but I really, the answer is no, it doesn't matter to me. I didn't know what mattered to me. So I just knew that one next step that, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. So I went to my boss. I told him that, hey, uh, Greg, I, you know, I don't feel like doing this anymore. I want to. They say, are you crazy? Why are you going to quit? Blah, blah, blah. I said, hey, I don't know why I'm going to quit exactly. I'll figure that out. But I just know that I'm going to quit. That's, that's the only thing I know. So Ketan, after that, I had various, really, I wanted to be like a full-time traveler, a full-time magician. I wanted to just be a little, you know, teacher in uh, some a little village in, you know, near Kolkata. I love kids, and I want to be, you know, doing something with kids at some point. So I thought that I'll be devoting some time to social work. Uh, wanted to rent a little cottage in Shillong and write a little travelogue. I didn't know what to. I mean, I was also looking for volunteering positions in Ethiopia. I was trying out many different things, and believe me, any one of them could have happened. Really, any one of them could have. Happened. It just so happens that there was this idea that was at the back of my mind. I was a systems level programmer. I didn't have any big uh, expertise in you know this kind of a machine learning or artificial intelligence domain. I am not the person for it. I just had a basic idea that I wanted to uh, fructify, and then I uh, posited that idea to a few people, and they said that hey, here's some money uh, if you want to try it out. 
Uh, and then the first thing I did was I had to get somebody who's a CTO who had better handle on this domain than myself to actually, you know, work something out, you know, whatever. So I got a guy, you know, who had a very strong research background, Milanjon, my good friend, who loves football, is single, you know, loves to eat, loves to travel, you know, was out of IBM research and wanted to do something else. We met for a walk in the lake. And uh, over, uh, you know, the little bhaad, uh, the, the chai, he said, the Koshida, should we work together? I said, yeah, Nilayan, why don't we start? And, you know, let's see where it goes. And that's how we started. So really, there was no big vision, I have to admit. There was no big vision behind it. And then from then on, it one thing happens after the other, and you just make the best of uh, what you can. Right now, we have a product idea that Naren knows about. We are trying to uh, raise some capital on and bring it to the market. So there is a distinct a pathway where we want to take this company to, uh, etc. But that was not always the case. You know, it kind of you kind of pivot and try this and that and the other thing and uh, go forward. Uh, very uh, honest. Yeah. Um, so Kaushik, maybe maybe it's a good time to let me show something else that you might want to show, and then maybe we can come back to questions again. Maybe, maybe uh, one more thing or a couple of more things. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, is it a, I mean, I don't know what these guys are interested in. If you want to see, I, I, you know. I would say, I would say something like mind reading or whatever. Like you can show anything and I leave it to you, but I think the, you, you have so many diverse things you do. Nothing. <laughs> uh, sure. I, I, sure. I uh, really appreciate the, uh, show of, uh, you know, faith. Uh, hang on, let me, okay. I, you know, so I do, I mean, as a magician, I do a couple of different things. Uh, mainly there are two domains I work in. One is uh, more of uh, psychological stuff, which is like mentalism or uh, mind reading, maybe in casual terms. And the other is more about, uh, you know, coins and uh, cards and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, which is more to do with dexterity or more to do with sleight of hand, as you, uh, as you know. So Can we do some try. mind reading? It you want to do some mind reading? Okay, maybe I do the next one, some mind reading, okay? I do, I do a little something for you at the beginning. So to set me myself up for a little bit of mind reading at the end. So... Uh, do you guys see the, the deck of cards? Can you see the cards? Yeah. Yes. Huh? It's clear, no? Okay. Uh, you see, all these cards are different cards. I just wanted to, you know, quickly go through and they are not in, in any particular order or, you know, they're just all these different cards in the pack of cards, right? So actually, this is a more about uh, something that happened to me in Las Vegas. I used to go to Vegas all the time. I am not a gambler, never gamble really. Uh, but I used to have a bunch of friends who were magicians and uh, used to visit a, a bar called the Frozen Door. And at the end of the night, after 11 or 11.30, that's when all, a bunch of famous Las Vegas magicians would come to uh, this bar and uh, they would perform if, if, you know, and if you were an amateur or if you were a student of magic, as I was, uh, they would always help you out and show you stuff, etc. which was a 
I don't know if you are a, a cricket fan, you know, it would be like going into a club with Sachin Tendulkar and Rahul Dravid and, you know, Lakshman, you know, being there, giving you batting tips, you know, something like that. So it was a great experience. Loved it. Now, there was a guy called Alan Ackerman, who was actually a, a professor of mathematics in uh, University of uh, Las Vegas in Nevada. Uh, he showed me something about a guy named Di Vernon, who was a very, very famous musician uh, from Canada. He, so this is a story about Di Vernon, Vernon and which Alan showed me, or Alan actually shared it with me. So he said that Vernon was once sitting at his chair in his uh, a throne in the Magic Castle in Las, uh, in, uh, in Los Angeles. And then there was a young guy who comes to Vernon and said, hey, uh, 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 Mr. Vernon, uh, professor, uh, can you show, show me something? So Vernon uh, said, okay, son, I can show you something else. And then what Vernon did was he said that, well, you know, what I'll ask you to do is I'll ask you to choose a, a card now, obviously, you know, if I'm showing you this in uh, where you guys are in front of me, then I would probably do this, uh, ask you to touch a card or something like that. Instead, I would ask any of you, as I riffle the corner of these cards, I would ask any of you to just call out, Madam, you, yourself, just call out the word stop, okay? A anytime, it's not a very big deal, it's nothing. nothing. So just call out the word stop, okay? Shalom. Anybody? Anybody? Just call out the word stop. So I just want to hear the word stop anywhere. Stop. Stop? Okay. So let's say, uh, would you would you guys remember this card? Yeah? Okay. So, okay. So, uh, so Vernon actually allowed this little fellow to choose a card. And when Vernon looked away, this guy actually did something that no magician will ever do to another magician. This guy, what he did was, he just took some of these cards and turned it over. So some cards are face down and some cards are face up. And then he wove these cards together like so. So these cards just go one inside the other, just like this, right? So all these cards just go through. As you can see, they just mesh. So these cards are now, some cards are face down like this card, right? And some cards are face up like this card. Some are face down like this card, right? And some are face up like this card. So this is face down, yeah? And this is face up, yeah? So this is, it goes on, right? Face down, face up, face down, face up, face down, face up, like this, okay? Now, this is a very bad, situation for any magician when you're looking away if somebody messes up so it's face down face up it's a horrible situation but it was the professor it was Di Vernon who's a legendary magician so he just left his uh, the charut that he was smoking he kept it and he just blew on the deck just like so and what happened was that these cards then just turned all one direction except that one card and one card only which still kept turning face down, right? Like this card. This is the one card that left was left face down. Now, the point is that there is no prize for guessing what card that would be, because that card would be the queen of diamonds. Is this the card that you had uh, seen? 
That's the card which you see, yes. no? Yes. Yeah. That's great. Now, the point is that when, and remember, Vernon did not tell me this. This, is, this was done by Alan Ackerman, this particular other magician I was talking about. Now, when Alan did this and he showed it to me, the first thing I said was, Alan, this cannot be a true story. Because if this was a true story, then the card will never be read. Because uh, Dai Vernon, as people used to know him, would never be caught dead with a red deck of cards. Because he was kind of a guy who was actually all about blue cards. So Alan said, yeah, really? If that's the case, and Alan just did this, and this card turned blue. You see, this card turned blue, and as soon as this card turned blue, the next card also turned blue. The one after turned blue. And then the, all the cards turned blue. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Jim, oh, I'm amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank Great. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Out of words. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> This is just sleight of hand, you know. This is really nothing else. This is just. Can you tell us the trick after that? Now that you have performed it. Magician never tells. <laughs> you know, Rai, I actually, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind at all telling you how this is done. I just have one uh, basic uh, requirement, which is, uh, I, look, I would not be able to do any of this unless somebody else parted with this kind of knowledge, right? So. It is all about sharing the love and sharing the knowledge, no doubt. I just have one request if you want to learn this, which is you learn it and you do it for other people. You don't learn it just to know the heck of how the mechanics of the trick happens. If you do it for others, I'll be totally happy to teach you anything I know. But you have to do it for others. Hmm. Excellent. So that's my only that's my only thing. You know, if you say Koshik, I'll do it for others. You set up some time with me. I'll be happy to teach you anything I know. Of course, it may not be that you know. I but this would be probably a more advanced thing for you to learn. So maybe you start like my uncle started me up with one small thing, like one vanish, or you you earn your way into the. You know, if you go and learn violin, you're not nobody will teach you the you know, Mozart's violin concerto number 23, or, you know, right at the beginning, right? They'll ask you to do the Saregama first and then slowly graduate. It's exactly the same. So, <laughs> so there's no easy way, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so basic more, requirement? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Ketan, you had a question? Yeah, so basic requirement will be first, you should keep a coin like your uncle said. <laughs> Ketan, I would say, you know, if you actually, if I teach you, you know, if you have a coin and maybe we do another session, but I, I show you how this little French drop thing is done, this one little thing. If you really learn it, I tell you, Ketan, you can be friends with any kid anywhere on the, on the planet in five minutes. I mean, I tell you, it has, it has, I mean, all through my travels or all these, you know, I mean, it has lit up my world because you can be, you can bring so much joy through this, like, and you don't have to carry like fancy things. You can just go to their country and borrow one of their coins and take it out of their ear or something like that. I mean, it's such a small thing, but it makes you, uh, it, 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 it really is life-changing for me, I tell you. Mm. So if you have the, 
uh, a bit of patience to learn one small thing and you know if this is corona time if you just just call me just ask me for a uh, a, little, a bit of time and i'll teach you a little bit of something and just start with that and see if you have the interest to do a bit more or it's that's the only thing you want to learn that's fair you know and i really mean it because i love it you know i it's just my love and i love to share my love that that's all so uh, maybe, sure. maybe another one that chalaka wanted and maybe we can pick on chalaka <laughs> <laughs> all right uh madam chalaka are you um uh, Uh, are you online? Can you say something so I can see your face and then Zoom yeah. you know, kind of focuses on you? Yeah, I'm online. All right, all right, all right. Fantastic. Now, first thing, tell me, have we met before, or today is the first time we met? First time. First time. You seem to be very happy about that that we have not met before. Very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right you know for example this i would never do with narin because you know if i do it with narin you guys would think that we have set something up beforehand or something like that but that is not the case i have not had the chance didn't even know that you would be on the call right so again the only thing is that you know if if i so this is more in the realm of mentalism or uh, uh, i wouldn't say mind reading but maybe uh, have getting an idea of a particular thought or something like that uh the problem with this kind of stuff is that it fails right so uh, just as i don't use anything fancy i use this you know this this black black pen or whatever pencil and then uh, just a business card that's all i use so there is nothing fancy going on there's nothing magical or you know equipment there is but the problem is that it at times it doesn't work so if it doesn't then i uh tend to excuse myself and politely remind all of you guys that i'm not charging any money right all right so with that little preamble uh let let us concentrate on uh one maybe one thought uh shalaka i want you to normally if it is a one on one situation and i have you in front of me i would do this little exercise called a guided visualization it takes about 30 seconds it's very very difficult to do over the phone because i don't have a feel for you you know i would normally take your hand and have a good feel for the person so it is severely limiting this kind of a scenario is severely limiting so we'll keep it to something super duper simple okay uh shalaka do you do you like history or do you read books or tell me one thing you you love i mean you which personally means something to you you like traveling some name something that is personally relevant for you i don't read much but i like gardening i like uh, cooking so you like gardening you like cooking all right okay uh okay so let me let me do let me make it uh, in a different way a uh, uh, fairly personal to you uh, shalaka i uh, would like you to go back in your life and think of a year that is uh, personally relevant for you all right uh, i don't know how you want to choose this it could be something good that has happened to you 
something memorable for you if, if it's not good necessarily uh, or some kind of a maybe not such a good thing but has uh, make you grow as a person that you learned from or could be anything and you don't have to tell us what you're exactly thinking of but i want you to think of a date and then concentrate on the year when it happened it should be happy or uh, sad as in Shalaka, I want you to have for the uh, uh, whatever that incident is, I want it to have an effect on you. So it should personally mean something to you. Happiness or sadness, both can mean something to a person. No? So I trust you on that. So nice, no? I mean, just to see the micro expression of a person, just to see their brain ticking, just to see, you know, how when people uh, take things out of their past, then their eyes actually access always the Northwest and the Northeast corner, isn't it? And there are, uh, do you know of this guy called Paul Ekman, who did a lot of uh, uh, expression analysis? So uh, one of the things that he found out uh, was that doesn't matter wherever we are on the planet, including cultures that are not enculturated with uh, you know, other stimulus like religion or ethics or anything, like the Maoris of uh, New Zealand, even they, their expressions for you know, the six basic emotions are the same, right? As the person who lives in New Delhi or something like that, you know, very urban. So this stuff is kind of based a little bit on that. Uh, just tell me, you have a year in mind, don't you? Yeah. You have a specific year in mind. Now you see this card is blank on both sides. I want to write something on this card. Shalaka, again, this is just an impression. So, you know, a little bit here and there, or near miss, you have to give me a little bit of credit, if not the whole thing, okay? Uh, all right, so... Uh, Think of the year, but uh, Shalaka, the first digit of that year will be either a one or a two, because it will be either the 2000s or 1900, right? So just think of the first digit. And Shalaka, I want you to imagine you're standing in front of a wall, on that wall in huge, it's a white wall, on that wall in huge black letters is written that year that you're merely thinking of. All right. Now you're just you were just thinking of the first digit. I want you to skip all the digits in the in between. So there will be four digits. So you skip the two middle digits and go right at the end and think of the last digit. Huge letter, huge, huge numeral in front of you. Okay. Are you good at painting? Are you good at drawing? Uh, I think drawing maybe. Drawing pretty good, yeah. Okay, yeah, I kind of get that feeling also. So, okay, so this is this is really tough for me over the phone. So I'll just do one more small step. Chalaka, make sure your mind is sort of blank. It's a very tough statement and it's very difficult to do. But I want you to imagine you're staring up at the inky black sky, like absolutely dark black sky. Now I want you to imagine that date written on that sky in neon green letters. Right, neon green, really neon green letters, right? That date is written.
All right. Look, I don't want to belabor this too much, so I'll write something. I have, look, madam, I have committed myself. Whatever it is you're thinking of, I have committed myself. I cannot change what is written on this card, okay? Now, what I want you to do is I want you, want you to tell all of us what is the year you're thinking of? 2009. 2009. All right. Is there, do you want to share with us why you were thinking of that year or no? Oh, it's because okay. that day I, I want to. Yeah, that day I met Pratik, who is my husband. I met him first time. Ah. So you're thinking of a, a I hope it's a positive emotion you're thinking of. No? <laughs> He's right there next to her listening to all of this. No? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's right. Usually, <laughs> all right, all right. I think Mr. Pratik is a lucky man for sure. Uh, Chalaka, great. The thing is that you know it's it's very nice uh, that you were thinking of this kind of a positive uh, positive thing in your life. Look, I haven't met you, so I could not go to your Facebook page and see you know any of the dates or have some kind of a uh, idea about what you were going to think. It's totally uh, random. Uh, for me that year but i'll show you this this card has not left your sight right this was always uh, in your sight uh, in front of you has not left and uh, and this pen had not left your sight either so i will show you what i have written at the back of this card Do you see it's written yeah, <laughs> yeah. So at times it really does not work. And uh, it, when it doesn't, then you know it takes some time and then it fails, then I feel very embarrassed. But hey, what to do, right? But I'm happy that it worked with you guys. Amazing. <laughs> wow, thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you very much. Hey, um... Seriously, you are a great musician, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> Kitten, thank That's you. All. Ketan, thank you, thank yeah. you. Thank Actually, you, why, why, why don't we, usually I do this after Kaushik leaves, but why don't we do it while Kaushik is here? Any, any comments from everything that you've heard about his journey, his magic, whatever you feel like giving feedback to him. Also, maybe something that he could do better last than before, if you don't mind, Kaushik. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I mean, that would make it so worthwhile for, you know, of course. Would love that. Really, and be brutally honest, guys. There is no other way. Just be completely brutally honest. So uh, there is one person called Colin Cloud. So he's also a magician and he do he does similar things. Like he in the yeah. audience, he predicts something. Yeah. So that always, I saw you know, him. I was always I amazed with his work. So. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's absolutely incredible. I saw him in Edinburgh Festival in Edinburgh. Uh, he's a Scottish magician. He's he's a I mean he's one of the nicest fellows in uh, in magic, and he uh, has taught me a few things which are uh, which I uh, which changed my journey as well. Colin McLeod. He's very very good. I'm so glad you know his name. So glad, so glad. Check him out, guys. He's just an incredible magician. Yeah. He's like a superstar. He's like a really superstar and a superstar human being as well. So. Good feedback, Shalaka. Raji, I, I, didn't, you know, I don't think you get a chance to talk today. Maybe you can introduce yourself and then also tell us. Uh, hello, uh, this is Rajeshri. I'm a PhD student at uh, Actric. 
and uh, what i liked about your overall personality is the versatility and the joy and happiness which you are trying to uh, share with small kids or to the society so i guess that was the best part but i liked and would like i talking to you amazing Raji, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. Thank you so so much. And by the way, you have a beautiful smile. I didn't get a chance to talk to you so much, but you have a lovely smile, and it's just the joy and happiness also that you perhaps emanate as well. So I, you know, I saw little of you, but I felt that right away. And uh, if you don't mind my uh, asking, what are you working on? Your PhD thesis is on which area? Yeah, so I'm working on oral cancer. so my entire thesis wow. was actually oral cancer and one molecule which is which acts as a tumor suppressor protein wow and which year are you in where where in your phd program i have just submitted i have just submitted my thesis and waiting for my final uh, defense or viva to get finished oh okay okay wow wow right on right on uh, good luck best of luck for you yes thank you any more feedback for kashik so uh, this is not necessarily a feedback just a uh, comment so you have so much to keep your life exciting already as in you are traveling you have magic you have music you have everything uh, i am wondering what still uh, made you to you know give up the security or the comfort of your microsoft job and take up something in the professional life as well that puts you in under some sort of risk or or unpredictability you know because people usually do that um, as in if they can invest some time in their hobbies and you know traveling then they usually prefer to take a work front that is very safe and that is a secured zone a comfort zone but you have certainly stepped out of it very good point uh you know so i have to say i i, I guess i have two answers for you one is that uh I have to be honest. I did twenty years of that safe and secure. I have friends who uh, have married their passion with their profession, and right from day one, they have taken that option of, you know, sort of having that little bit of uncertainty or being freelancers or being a you know musician who's, you know, not they don't have a very regular structured life and structured job. I could not find that kind of courage within myself for twenty years. You know, I. had a, a a safe job for 20 years then i stepped out so it's not that much i mean of course it's a risk and all that but i have to be honest about it also it's not that that big a deal and number 2 is mm, i have to say i i always i think my parents also think i have a bit of a streak of recklessness you know i mean no it's not always good it's not always supportable it has good and both good and bad sides or sometimes it has landed me in trouble as well my personal career has not been only the good things it has also had its ups and downs uh, i i have you know been in down in the dumps and tried to claw back out of that i am a little bit of a up and down kind of a person anyway so just something very safe and secured and something uh, that i can that is predictable i don't know i i guess i get a little bored or something you know so <laughs> Where do you see yourself after ten, fifteen years from now? Are you happy with the state of life you are in? Do you wish to continue in the same line? Well, I would, I would, I think I would love to earn a little more money. 
you know i mean uh, overall i think the startup uh, world is uh, not easy to navigate and you know uh, not just money i would uh, love to have some of the ideas that we have see uh, the light of the day and uh, have some overall impact on society in some ways uh, but i don't have a lot of vision beyond that i have to say i'm more like a uh, live on a you know be true to the moment kind of a guy I have always been so so uh, want to be happy you know want to be kind of authentic you know in what i do on a daily basis and kind of be happy about it so that's sort of the first primary goal right so uh, i know it's very late for you guys it's almost 10 o'clock but it's almost 10 o'clock so it's not yet 10 o'clock so kaushik we we do the rapid fire again for you okay ready you now okay song in your head country roads take me home mm. actor uh anthony hopkins actress uh tabu mm uh it's a little long question what what do you think people get surprised by dishonesty mm. uh teacher life mm. i'm looking for a uh, name or some some teacher who has sort of influenced you mm. Mm. uh uh richard feynman really uh, admire him okay uh, materialistic things thing that you like that you can give away i don't know nothing other than my books i can probably give away anything i no 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 that that you like that's important oh that 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 I, that i like but i can give away but yeah it's tough but you like you can give it away yeah uh my little vinyl collection oh wow that's a big one um um best advice you've got be authentic and fearless hmm Uh, which uh, era would you have like to have been born in uh this one this one uh, in in the sense uh in the sense the cusp of uh you know the 2000s and uh uh seeing the internet and seeing society change and i i wouldn't miss that for anything mm i was going to ask you if you if you had said a historic one i would have asked you which character would you have liked to have been uh i don't know my big favorite is napoleon bonaparte for sure so <laughs> okay, i i i can go on but i think i think just two more maybe just because it's just like a bit narin i i i i'm sorry i just have to ask you this. what would have been your answer for the same for for this no i love i love 1929 period 
I don't know. Uh, there's lots of things I, I like that period. 1929 in 20, particular or 20s? Uh, 20s, 20, like before the, 20s. after First World War, before Second World War. Second I think, World War I think ah. specifically, you know, for me personally at that time, the art, I would have loved to be like, a, not even a fly on the wall, like hanging out with Picasso or Dali or, you know, those, you know, those, you know, where the, where the, where the art revolution was going, a metamorphic What's change. I would have loved to be in Montmartre in Paris at that time. In Paris, it's, that's it's right. It's just phenomenal. I mean, I, I, I go to Montmartre many times and I just dream of myself being there at that. And the beauty of Montmartre is actually, it is like that even now, right? I mean, they, it hasn't changed in, in 100 years, that, that, that space, you know, near Sacre Corps and all those beautiful. So that to me is a fascinating time from an art perspective. Fantastic. But, you know, from a, from a luxury perspective, now is the best time, right? Like internet and, you know, all the, that, that time, you know, the, even the toilets probably didn't have flushes. So who <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not but art, art for me was good. Anyway, so there thank you, you so much, uh, Kaushik. I, it was like, it's all so fascinating uh, to, to see your multifaceted life. Hopefully, you know, this, at least some of these things touch all of us and maybe we all touch each other in this process and something happens. Um, so with that, uh, thank you again. I'll, if anybody's interested, I'll, I'll give you Kaushik's number. And A network should last a lifetime. Let us help you create lasting professional relationships with our world-class mentors through the Biopatrika Industry Mentorship Program. A strategic guidance program unlike no other, full of expert interviews, industry internship opportunities, CV writing, inflection point analysis, life maps, and of course, the gateway to your dream career. For a limited time only, all our services are freely available for you as we truly want you to succeed.